This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast, episode three. Tonight, we're going to be talking about an article from North American Whitetail's website. So we've been reading out of the magazine, found this one on the website, thought it was a pretty good follow-up to what we did last week, a kind of what you should do in October. This is kind of why you should be out there in October. It's a article by Bernie Berenger called Five Reasons to Hunt October. So I'm Kenyon Clark. I'm joined by Nate Burgess again, Scott Clark, and Jeff Fry. We'll jump right into the article here, then we can kind of get your guys' thoughts on what he's talking about. So he opens up by saying a large number of bow hunters take the month of October off, which is great for those of us who don't. While there are good reasons most hunters do not see as many deer during this pre-rep month, there are some compelling times and places to be in the woods during the month of October. Here are five that might make you rethink your October complacency. I talked about this a little bit in the last video I did. I don't know if we talked about it last week a lot, but a lot of guys will just write off the month of October altogether, whether it be because they think the lull is like throughout the whole month or they don't pay enough attention to the weather or stuff like that or they just don't know. Um, or maybe it's they don't have the time to take off in October, so they're always going to take it off in November just because that's higher chance of the bucks moving. But if you can get in the woods in October and you do it right based on the things we talked about last week, can be a really good time of the year to be in the woods, which is what he's talking about here for these reasons. And his first reason is it's lonely out there, he says. Since so few hunters take October seriously, you may be all alone out there. October may be the single best time to hunt public land because there's little pressure put on the deer. So that not only goes for public land, but uh, most of us that hunt private land have neighbors and especially around here and around a lot of the other areas of guys that are listening to this, most of your neighbors hunt too, or someone hunts their ground. So that's a big thing there with guys not. Maybe your neighbors aren't out there hunting in October, so they're not pushing the deer around and getting them all antsy and worked up and running them off. Uh, that can be another good reason to be be out there in the woods. And I think uh, we talked about it, hit on it just a little bit last week. Maybe Jeff did about uh, the hunting pressure in October not being as high. So um, that's kind of one thing to look for. I think deer are a little more ease of mind out there because they're not being hunted as much. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. Yeah. If you're, if you get a chance to hunt a deer that doesn't know they're being hunted, uh, I feel like your chances of success definitely go way up. Mm -hmm. As soon as they know something's going on, uh, he'll start hiding a whole lot more. He'll go underground. Mm -hmm. He's, he actually says right here in the next part of this, Hunting pressure definitely causes deer to change their behavior patterns. Once they begin to feel pressure, many mature bucks go underground and won't be caught out during daylight. Hunting in October gives us a chance to target them before they feel the heat. They can still be fairly predictable fall feeding and bedding patterns, which lead us to reason number two. And we'll get into that in just a second. Go back to the first part of what he said about that. And what you ended on is that pressure will change those bucks' patterns. So it may be as much as the weather, if it's still hot for that first week of October or the first couple weeks, maybe what pushes them off that summer pattern isn't necessarily the weather or a front moving through. It's people hunting them, and they realize that now they've got more pressure, so they're not moving as far during the daylight as they were during the summertime, feeding out in the fields on the edges or just inside during the daylight still. They're staying within a couple hundred yards of their bedding during daylight rather than moving far. So that could be maybe based on the hunting pressure changing their behavior as much as the weather or anything like that. So what he said there, reason number two, the fall feeding and bedding patterns. Um, 
Predictable movements. That's his second reason. He says October is a time of ease for most bucks. Food is everywhere and the bedding areas are mostly undisturbed. Acorns are still around in abundance. Cut corn and soybean fields offer easy to reach food and alfalfa is still green. The daily lives of a buck might be to rise in late afternoon, hang out with the guys a little, make a few rubs, maybe sniff a scrape. He may do a little sparring with other bucks and then make his way towards the food source where he arrives with a half hour or so of daylight left. He'll probably hang out just inside the woods until nearly fully dark before exposing himself in the open, which gives a hunter a perfect opportunity to connect with him just inside the woods. So, predictable movements. Uh, we see that, again, in early October, more so than towards the end of it. But, like we just said, if, if they're not feeling that pressure yet, and they're still on that early season pattern, that can be a really good time to catch up with those core bucks that are on your property. Um, I know you've had some luck with that in the past. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, they're just easier to pattern. They've stayed with their summer mo movements and stuff. And so if you're using trail cams, you know, you can kind of figure them out pretty easily and <clears throat> try to catch them before the pressure gets to them or you know, the rut starts to kick in. They start changing their behavior. Mm -hmm. Sure. And I also liked what he mentioned there about the bucks lingering inside the woods till dark. It's kind of, what I touched on last week, you know, having your stands, you know, 20 or 30 yards inside the timber off the uh, field mm -hmm. line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really good opportunity there. Whereas in, like you said, with the rut in November, those deer are running all over the place and there's no pattern to them at all. They might move from 11 to one. They might move in the evening at night in the morning, um, just all kinds of craziness during the rut. As opposed to, like we're talking about here, those predictable movements. If you're smart about what you're doing, it's a pretty good time of year to catch up with a, a core buck that you've got on your property. You know, I can't, I can't tell you how many guys are killing wall hangers uh, that have cameras out or using cameras regularly. Said, I've never seen this deer before. It's never been on a camera. I hunted. Now I'm talking about during the rut. Mm -hmm. You know, I've hunted this particular day and there he is and i killed him it's the first time i ever saw him on any 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 camera or anything so if you're trying to pattern deer and you got your cameras out and you're doing all that then if you wait till the rut and think that pattern's still going to be there you're missing the boat there yeah. um, that that pattern's going to change so if you've patterned a buck in september uh, maybe even early october uh, with your cameras, get out there and, and hunt him when the time's right, when the wind's right, and all that, because th those patterns will change, and and somebody else going to kill your buck for you. Well, we got a couple of customers right off the bat that, you know, the cameras killed their bucks for them. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, and they get them mid-October. But they're hunting them instead of saying, right. well, you know, this is a real nice buck. I'm going to wait till the rut because I know I'm going to sneak in there and get him. And he's already gone. He's already gone. Either. Mm -hmm somebody's got him or he's moved on and, and he may not come back. Yeah. And we've seen that even with youth season, a lot of big deer will come in because they're a little easier to kill with the shotgun. Um, but guys know where that buck's going to be. I can think of one specific example last year on a really nice deer, like Boone and Crockett class deer that this guy's kid killed because he had him on his early season pattern still. And they knew, they watched him for a month and a half, and they said, we're going to go in here and kill him on youth season, during youth season, and that's what they did. So, 
if you're paying attention and you do have those bucks pattern, really good time of year to get out there and kill them before anybody else has a chance to. Also, that's another thing with that pressure. You're not you're getting out there and killing them before your neighbor even maybe even is out there and after him has a chance to kill them. The third thing he gets into, and personally, this is a big one for me, because even if you're not, maybe if you're on a rep property, which I hunt a couple of those that are, there's just not a ton you can do with it, um, other than keep it as a rep property and hunt it that time of year. So if it's October and it's a nice cool day, this is kind of a big one for me. If I'm, if I have to go on those properties based on the wind, whatever it is, he says, enjoy the autumn. Uh, the living is pretty easy for us hunters. Another great reason to hunt October is to get out and enjoy pleasant fall weather while gathering information for the upcoming rut. Evenings are delightful in a tree stand at this time of year. Mosquitoes have succumbed to the frost, and the colorful leaves are pleasant to the eye. Mornings are cool, but not shivering in your boots cold. It's just a great time to enjoy some things we love about hunting and being outdoors to observe nature and its natural goings-on. So, like I said, that's a big thing for me, just getting out there in the woods and kind of forgetting about a lot of other things that are going on and watching the birds and the squirrels and looking around and just enjoying being out in the cool weather. Um, I don't know if you guys are kind of the same way on that or not. Oh yeah. I sure like hunting in October, uh, just because of the weather and everything. And it is pretty, um, you still for sure have opportunity for success. Uh, you never know what might happen. Um, I always try to be conservative. Uh, I don't want to go to those places that could, uh, that, you, know, you don't want to do any damage, you know, uh, take it easy, uh, uh, maybe sit somewhere where you can see a long way, uh, you know, figure out if you can do something better later on, uh, maybe build a game plan, uh, but anyway, there's no better time to be out there than October, it's just very comfortable, you mm-hmm. know. Especially if you catch those right days like we were talking about last week where you got good weather being out there, I mean, like he says, it's not freezing, freezing cold, and you're not sweating your butt off, and you can be out there in a nice long sleeve shirt or a light jacket and, you know, enjoy yourself. I don't know. At our age, Scott, it's a good time to sit down at the bottom of the tree and take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yep, for sure. <laughs> I, I, uh, some of the best naps you can take are out in the woods. That's right. You know, <laughs> it's the wind blowing through the leaves a little bit, kind of puts you right to sleep if you've yep. been working hard and just kind of blowing some Safety steam harness. off. Yeah. That's why I hunt on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I'll it's hard. Part fall. It's hard to fall out of a tree and you're sitting at the bottom of it. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> that's a big one for me, and I know a lot of deer hunters and stuff just enjoy being outdoors as much as they do hunting, and especially once you get to a certain point in your hunting career, I think that becomes as as nice as getting out there and killing the big buck. Is just kind of enjoying the time off and being out in the woods. <clears throat> the next thing he talks about before I get into that, I'll hit on a little bit what you talked about. Not only are you enjoying that out there, but kind of doing some reconnaissance and sitting maybe those observation stands and picking up on stuff that may become helpful to you later in the year, which we, again, we hit on a little bit last week, but that's another good reason just to kind of be out there and enjoying the weather. And while you're out there, take all that information in and remember it for later in the year. So next thing he talks about is calling and rattling. He says the second half of October is arguably the best time of year to use calling and rattling. To bring in a buck. Testosterone is surging and bucks are on edge as the urges of upcoming rut are beginning to run through their veins. The success rates of using combinations of grunt calls and rattling antlers can be at its peak in late October. Bucks come running with more abandon than at any moment in any other time of the year. 
Find a good spot with lots of ground cover near a bedding area and do some calling sequences. Make sure you're set up where the buck can't see a long ways but must come close to investigate the sound. So I've had a lot of luck in that pre-rut phase that last week of October, like we've talked about liking to hunt, doing those calling sequences. Um, maybe not always just blind rattling and calling. Sometimes, maybe. If you think there should be getting later in the evening and there should be deer close, you just can't see them yet, doing some blind calling and all that. But especially seeing a buck off two, three, four hundred yards away if it's quiet enough, doing some rattling, that's a really good time of year where they're coming and checking things out because, like he said, that testosterone is starting to pump for them and it's a good time for them to be reactive to your calling. So I don't know if you guys have had luck with that in the past, in late October, doing some calling stuff, grunting, rattling, whatever it is. I've always tried to be real conservative on calling. Um, I uh, I like what he said there, you know, where he can't see. Uh, I feel like, especially a mature buck, if he can see and he's hearing something, but he can see and there, and he doesn't see anything, he's not going to waste his time, right? You know. Uh, but if you're uh, if you're maybe up on the top break of a hill and he's down in a low spot, he can see over the hill. You know, there's just enough where he can't see you and know that there's nothing there. If you can if you can call at him. Uh, you might be able to pique his interest there. Uh, but yeah, if you can call in a situation where you know that he can't see exactly where the sound's coming from, he's got to come investigate, you know, but if it's wide open and he can see, I feel like you're doing more damage than anything uh, trying to fool him when, when he knows better, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think uh, late October especially, if you're doing calling or grunting or rattling or whatever, whatever you're doing, uh, those little, the smaller, not mature bucks, you know, they're out there dinging around. They don't know why. That's just what they're doing. They don't know why they're doing it. They're just doing it. Same way. You can call those in. They'll eat know. it up. Yeah. But that's not, if that's what you're looking for, yep. go for it. But but you, conserv, conservative is a good word for me, especially late October. Uh, not, not had a lot of luck with big deer that early. Uh, but you know, if you would just want to, if you're in that stand and you just want to have a little fun with a small buck, yeah, go for it. Yep. And if you can, uh, I don't know, even if you could, uh, so I bought this call, uh, I saw it advertised. Um, it's, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It sounds like leaves crunching. Um, it's just mm -hmm. a little thing. It's on a spring. It's almost like a plastic bag wrapped around a spring. Uh, a guy named Todd Pringnicks from White Knuckle Productions. Uh, he made it a couple years ago. Uh, but anyway, I thought it was a great idea because it sounds just like leaves crunching. You know, if if you can get it where you can't, where they can't see you, and you can crunch that thing rhythmically, sounding like walking. You know, um, I think that's a great a great tool that you could use, as long as he can't see right over there. Right. You know, if it's thick and he can't see over there, but he hears something that he thinks is another deer walking, that might be enough to bring him in. Mm -hmm. And they'll always play the wind. Oh yeah, mature yeah. bucks. If you can't see, you want to make sure your stand is where it's advantageous to you because he's going to get he's going to get downwind if he can yep. mm -hmm. of that sound before he comes in yeah yeah i never <clears throat> never had well i just never got into the blind calling thing right uh always just felt like stealth i wanted to keep stealth on my side if they didn't know i was there or anything was there i'd had better of a chance at it i'm not saying it doesn't work <clears throat> It's just like any other tool in your bag. You know, there's a time for it to use it and a time not to. Uh, I have had used grunt tubes, but that's to try to 
if I see a buck, a mature buck that I'm interested in bringing to me or getting a closer look at him, you know, if he's walking away from me, give him a soft grunt or a soft bleat, you know, and it might stop him, you know, just for an opportunity to shoot or it may even turn him back around. But I think what a lot of guys get into is they just start calling too much, too loud. Same thing with the rattling, you know. Late October, them bucks ain't getting down and, and dirty banging. and just bashing and trying to kill each other. And you see guys on, you know, trying to rattle deer in, and man, they're just going to town. And any mature buck is like, well, this, something ain't right. Yeah, this ain't right because this ain't time for this, you know. Mm-hmm. And then your little younger bucks, they're like, Oh, I don't want to mess with something that big. It's going to kick my ass. So, (laughs) you know, right. Especially this time of year. So, you know, uh, yeah, be conservative with it. You know, I've watched big, big mature bucks fight, you know, in, you know, the last week of October. And you can, they could be 50 yards away and you can just barely hear them tinkling their horns together. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not, they're just messing around, you know, and sizing each other up, but they ain't ready to, go at it 100 percent, and so kind of keep that in mind because you know you you can you can't overdo it especially in october you can definitely hurt yourself and then what you said there at the beginning is why i said i don't like you're talking about don't really want to do a lot of blind calling um if they don't know you're there you don't necessarily want to let them know you're there you know what i mean if they can't hear you already why go ahead and tell them hey i'm over here you know, especially if it's something that doesn't sound natural. Um, but I like what you talked about, Nate, with that leaf cruncher. Uh, I know you watch the hunting public guys a lot. Um, you see those guys will get in there, and if there's a big buck that they think's in the area, like they've heard walking, or they hear a deer and they want to see if it's a mature buck or not, they'll get in there and make noise like a deer's making a scrape, kicking leaves around or shake a tree around, yeah. make it sound like he's in there making a rub. Yeah. Um, that's just some other ways of calling yeah. versus rattling horns or a grunt tube that I think is a really good idea yeah. as long as you don't get carried away. Yeah, that uh, that call I was talking about. And you wouldn't have to have the call. If you if you get you a handful of dry leaves, you know, mm-hmm. on your way, I get you a handful of dry leaves, put them in your pocket or something. You can get them out and you can pound on them a little bit. You could you could mimic that, you know, without mm-hmm. having that call. But uh, I did go ahead and buy it. It's got uh, one half of it. It's kind of round, kind of round in shape, but one half of it has got a bunch of fingers on it, similar mm-hmm. to tines, similar yeah. to tines. But you can drag it up and down the tree. It sounds a little bit like one's raking his horns. You know, you can't hear it far, right? But that's the point. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. it it ain't a distance call by any means. And then there's a little spring loaded tab on the back of it. That's wood. They they got a piece of wood inlaid on it, and it sounds just like breaking a twig. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just pop it. It sounds just like breaking a twig. You can scrape that thing up and down on a tree and you pop that thing. It sounds like he's popping little branches or something. You know. Yeah. I mean, just it ain't a vocalization. Right. That's a noise a deer would make because he's moving around and he's, you know. their interest, especially yeah. in October, yeah. you know, when they're just looking for something they're curious about. How many times you've been walking through the woods and you look up, you're looking up one minute, you don't see anything and walk a few more yards and you look up the next minute and there's a deer peak the hill or whatever looking at you. Well, they've heard you walking mm-hmm. and they come in to see what's going on. They're not just going to automatically run away because us walking through the woods is just as natural a sound as, uh, a deer walking through the woods. It yep. sounds just the same. So I actually uh, read an article one time. There's a guy. Uh, he killed a really nice buck. 
Uh, now he was uh, he was hunting the rut. He was hunting the rut, and he said uh, his strategy was to run to his tree stand. Yeah. Uh, I thought this is bizarre. But he said his strategy was to run to his tree stand on the edge of a bedding area. Um, he said he climbed up as fast as he could, got harnessed up, got his bow ready, and he said within just a couple of minutes this big deer had came and he circled him just like you said. You know he was going to use the wind. Sure. But he said he heard this awful commotion. It probably sounded similar to a chase. You know, right. um, he said, I just, I ran, sprinted to my tree through the woods. And, uh, and he said that big deer, he came in just because he heard that commotion over there. He was curious, you know, mm-hmm. happened to work for the guy. I don't think I would ever try that, <laughs> right. but it did work for that I'm guy. I'm not going to run anywhere, really. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the idea is there of making noises that are not necessarily a vocalization yeah. or clanging of antlers, but just yeah. like a curiosity sound, um, just something to pique their interest and bring them in that's not and again not you're not sitting out there shaking the top of your tree yeah. trying to make that noise so that yeah. deer looks up and say oh, that ain't right either yep. but using those other things a ways of calling i think that's that's some good stuff in there um, the next thing he talks about is sign success by the last week in october scrapes and rubs are a central part of the area deer's lives this pre-rut period is the time of year when the scrapes are visited in the daylight and the rubs are being worked often. I don't hunt sign just for sign's sake very much, but the last week in October is one of the times when it's definitely worth the effort. When you've found an area all torn up with scrapes and rubs, the hunting can be good there both mornings and evenings. Set up downwind and use some good scent. Um, he kind of plugs one of his things here. I don't necessarily think you have to use this in if you're hunting a scrape or a, or a rub or anything like that, but you can. I mean, if you're going in and making a mock scrape, that can be a good idea to use some scent on that. Uh, if you want to go ahead and spray it out around you, that's fine too. Um, Ridge Hunter Buck Tarsal Gland spray is a good scent to use. For well, I hear that's pretty good stuff that's for making mock told. scrapes with. I mean, had some guys say they've had some luck with it. Yep. If you guys want that, you can go check it out. I'm not saying you have to, not saying it's the end all be all, but if you want to use it, go ahead. It's there. And where do you check it out at? <laughs> well, why don't you tell them? It's ridgehunterdoors.com. <laughs> oh, well, I had a as Or if you're in the area, you can stop in Clark's Deer Processing and get you some there. Oh. It's actually cheaper in store than it is online. Yes, sir. Some economics going to that that we won't get into. So he says if you can't find the scrapes and rubs in the right situation, to set up a good ambush, create your own. Mock scrapes with fresh scent. <coughs> Ridge Hunter Outdoors Buck Tarsal Spray works really well for that. Thank you, Jeff. Dough and heat scent does too. Yep. Mock RidgeHunter.com. There you go. RidgeHunterOutdoors.com. Don't send them to the wrong place if you're going to plug it. <laughs> okay, so he says, if you don't have those scrapes and rubs, which we've done, we did it on your new property, talked about it last week. I talked about how I like to have a scrape around my stand pretty much within shooting range of all my bow stands. Um, but go in there, make your own scrape and then let the deer keep it fresh for you. You don't have to go in there all the time. You don't want to be walking out there every time you go in the woods and freshen it up because if you do it in the right location, if your stand's in the right spot, the deer should be moving through there, catch a whiff of that scent, come and freshen it up for you. Use the licking branch, all that good stuff. But what he's talking about there at the beginning, look for where the wood starts to get hot with sign. So we've all seen it where in the early season, there's not a ton of rubs and stuff but you can kind of use that as a guide to when the bucks are starting to get a little more testosterone in them and they're out there looking for a little more they're being a more aggressive i should say so um i've seen it in the past where 
I'll, there's a certain property that I hunt where I know that there'll be buck in there for a couple weeks and then it'll be gone. Um, if I get in there one afternoon and there's no buck sign at all, and then I come back two days later, there may be scrapes and rubs all over the place. I know that's a pretty good sign that there's a buck moved in there. Whether it's a mature buck or not, you know, remains to be seen until I either get pictures of him or see him from the stand. But, I mean, you guys know when that later part of October rolls around, you really start to see a lot of rubs and scrapes out in the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, and you talked about a while ago uh, bucks moving, you know, did just plumb disappearing on you for the rut. Uh, when you missed your chance at him in October. That's kind of me last year. Didn't have too much time to hunt in October. But the last week of October, uh, I had a, a real nice buck. I figured him 140s, maybe 150. Um, I was definitely would have killed him if I had the chance. Last week of October, he was everywhere. Um, November 3rd was the last day I had any pictures of him until Thanksgiving. He's just gone. I thought, ah, there's no way he made it. But he, he did. He came back. Uh, but... Uh, he was not around at all when I had my vacation, uh, so I, I completely missed him there. Uh, so yeah, if I would uh, if I'd have been capitalizing on him uh, last week of October, and that's where he was. He was hitting all those scrapes. Um, where I got him most consistent was a scrape line coming back to his bedding area uh, about 30 minutes after daylight every morning. He hit that four or five days in a row. I knew he was. I had him on cell camera. I knew that's what he was doing. Why I didn't make that happen, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, he's, uh, yeah, he gets around the hot door, he gets locked up. Yep. Uh, he doesn't care where he goes and it, and he may, like I said, he may not come back for two or three weeks or a month. Yep. Uh, because of my, uh, lack of, uh, ambition to get on him there. Uh, he's still sucking air to this day, you know, <laughs> that's good, right? Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, at least he's still there good for you. Buck. Get, getting yeah. bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Bad for me. Right. right. The scrapes too. I, I don't know. I enjoy, always did enjoy using my camera, hunt, just hunting with the camera more than, than anything, you know, and I, whether I killed a deer or not, you know, that was just part of it, but I enjoyed getting good pictures of bucks, different bucks, you know, and, and those two, and you can have a lot of fun with a camera on them scrapes, you know, especially that time of year, mm-hmm. you know, and I've seen some people, well, most people, they put their cameras at waist high you know facing the scrape and stuff and but uh kind of change it up a little bit uh hang hang your camera up in the tree looking down so that way when a buck's there you got a good look at his at his rack from the top and you know you know we all get the same boring pictures and stuff you know or noses and stuff in the camera you know or ear or an eyeball or something you know but if you get that camera up there you know, you get a lot of really good pictures there too. And so it's just, I mean, it's not all about killing deer, you know, a lot of it too, like the scrapes and that I just enjoy putting my cameras up and trying to get good pictures of different bucks. And I don't know, I just, it's just part of the hunting that I really enjoy. Yeah. That's definitely another way to enjoy your October and kind of get you maybe excited to be out there. Maybe you check your camera you set it up where you can check it on your way into hunt. And then whether you got something to check it on your phone or you got to wait till you get back to the house, you're checking that and seeing all those cool pictures you're getting. Or, or if you've got it set on a video, that's kind of cool too to watch them. Just watch the buck naturally undisturbed. Watch the deer come in and things they do and work to scrape and what they'll do more often and where they're going. And it's kind of cool just to watch them undisturbed completely. 
Like there's no one there and they don't sense any danger and they're comfortable. And you can learn a lot from that too, which will make you a better hunter. But it's also, again, a good way to just enjoy being out there. Um, that's kind of, that kind of wraps up the article he talked about. Um, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on maybe what's kind of some stuff he thought about, maybe what you do most in October, what you kind of relate to the most in that article as far as what's getting you out there and why you guys think October could be a really good time of year. Like Jeff said earlier, they're more, uh, they're more patternable, you know, um, if you don't know he's being hunted, he's probably still doing what he's doing, what he's done all summer. Uh, acorns are a great food source. You know, if you can find acorns, especially if you can get acorns somewhere between known bedding and a known destination food source somewhere where he's going to go out there, you know, uh, and probably feed all night. Gosh, if you could find acorns between there, uh, that'd be a great place to start if nothing else, you know, uh, I've always always enjoyed hitting acorns uh, in October, uh, especially if uh, if you can find that somewhere between bedding and a destination food source. I think you'd be uh, uh, hard to. There's no way you could do wrong there, you know. Right. So yeah, if if you're uh, hunting late October and you've got small patches around a lot of farm ground, um, the deer's comfort zone has already shrank a lot, especially if the crops are coming out early. Um, say you got 10, 15, 20 acres of timber and you're hunting around five, six, 800 acres of corn and that's already been shelled, his comfort zone shrank by 800 acres as far as, you know, where he's going to stay up until that daylight uh, or dark uh, part of it. So to me, that, that helps shrink down your possibilities of where that deer is going to be that you've patterned all this time. Mm-hmm. What your thoughts on anything in the article, um, anything on hunting October reasons why you like to be out there? I know you just talked about the cameras and stuff like that, but maybe something else. <clears throat> well, you know, up until recently, I never really got to hunt much of October because I was always in the farming industry. And so September, October, we was always in the field shelling and cutting beans and working ground, you know. And, and so unless you just got a two or three day rain out, you really didn't get to go, and uh, <clears throat> but I I did always try to go the last week of October, especially around Halloween. That's just always been my favorite time to go, and so this year, you know, I'm gonna try to do a little bit more hunting in October. You know, I don't have all the responsibilities and stuff that I did before, and so try to take a little bit more advantage of that. I, for me, it's just a uh, uh, just a good way to just sit down and relax and take a breath before things get all crazy again. You mm -hmm. know? And, and typically, October's still fairly dry yeah. uh, in a normal year. So your little creeks are dried up, your little water holes are dried up, it's been dry for three or four weeks usually. Um, then start Around here, it doesn't start getting wet till typically November. So your water, your water sources for those deer have shrank as well as the six, 800 acres or whatever you're hunting around. So, uh, you know, it gives you an opportunity to, to get around there pretty close if you want to. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, kind of biggest things, again, I said it earlier, just being out there and enjoying yourself. And I mean, we do this because we enjoy it. So don't make it work. Uh, if you just got to get out there to get out there and get away from whatever it is, it's your actual job or whatever may be going on, 
get out there and relax and enjoy yourself. Whether you kill a big deer or not, don't put too much pressure on yourself to kill the biggest deer you can find. I mean, that's obviously what we're all wanting to do. We all want to kill big deer, but don't put too much pressure on yourself. After all, it is hunting. Get out there and enjoy it. Again, in October, you got the youth season here in Illinois, so get out there with some kids, your kids, nephew, niece, whatever it is, grandkids, and just enjoy the time in the woods. That's kind of one of the biggest thing for me is being out there and enjoying the fall and the nice weather. And I love this time of year anyway just for the weather and all that. So if I can enjoy that and be in a deer stand at the same time with the chance of maybe killing a nice deer, um, I, that's that's really good for me. So um, also really like the idea. I really like watching a, a big buck that's cruising and being able to maybe hit him with that soft grunt or a little bit of, a little bit of rattling and just watching him turn and how he reacts to that and coming in and there's it's hard to beat a mad buck coming in at you to some rattling or some grunting where he's just deadlocked coming into you and you know you've got him it's just a matter of making the shot getting him to come all the way and then but watching that big mature buck come in with that sway that they've all got walking into you um, that's really cool for me too so kind of some of the biggest things for me um, you guys got anything to add on any of that on that calling, I think uh, I think each buck's got his own personality too. I think some of them, uh, it wouldn't matter what you threw at him. You, he's probably not going to come your way if that wasn't in his plan already. Uh, but in other ones, um, I remember, oh, probably five or six years ago, um, I had a buck. I was going to call him mature. I thought he was mature. Um, he wasn't that big. He didn't have that nice of a rack, but I always thought he's fairly mature, fairly dominant, at least in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, all the all the younger, obviously younger bucks, definitely avoided him. Uh, but anyway, no matter where he was at, where I ever saw him, if I grunted, he was going to look at me, he was going to pin his ears back, and he's going to walk right to me. Right. Every single time, no matter where I hunted. Uh, I also watched him in gun season uh, disappear over the hill onto the neighbor's. I heard a shot about 30 minutes later, and I never saw him again. I wonder if they had a grunt call with him. You know, they figured uh, you out, didn't they? Yeah, but anyway, I mean, that deer, uh, very identifiable buck, not that big, thought he was dominant, but every time he heard a grunt, he was going to go check it out. Yeah. You know? they yeah. got. It's kind of cool they got their own, I don't want to say personality, but that's essentially what it is. Yep. Whatever it is, it makes them different, just like us people. Some yep. of us, I mean, there's guys that like to fight. Every, they go out and fight every weekend. Yeah. And there's other guys that just laid back and, yeah, whatever. You know, someone's talking crap to them. And just whatever. Move on. Carry on with your life. You know, flip them the tail and go on. Yep. So, and then, again, like your buck, some of them just come in ready to fight no matter what. Big bucks, small bucks. And, and to me, it's funny to see the younger ones come in like they're all big and bad. And I remember a hunt with my wife back before we were married. First deer she shot at with a bow we heard him walking through the woods and i wasn't concerned about it being a big deer or whatever he's just a little year yearling buck but heard him walking through the woods i thought you know that that's definitely a deer i don't know what it is sounds a little heavier but i couldn't tell so i just hit him with a couple grunt calls boy all of a sudden that walking stopped and you could hear him kind of turn and come back around and then there's this little opening that come out into the field kind of where we were at on the field edge and he's boy he's strutting out there like he's really something and then he tripped over a log <laughs> like a little stick on the ground wasn't a log but he tripped and like kind of fell and he, it almost like he stood up and looked around to see if anybody saw it and then boy he came back in a strutting and it's just you know it's fun to see that kind of stuff too and yeah. and just watch the deer and being out there with them so that's another reason just to get out there get out there and watch the deer even if you're not gonna shoot a doe or 
you know, if you don't think you got that chance at a big mature buck, if you got the chance to go out and be in the woods still, sit on the edge of that range or something and just watch the deer and enjoy it. Also, uh, <clears throat> October, if, if you're wanting to play around a little bit, you know, you're not seeing a lot going on and stuff, uh, and you're wanting to play with some calls, blow on a, a fawn and distress call. Mm-hmm. See what happens. You're either going to get a doe coming in hot to see what's going on, or you're going to get Mr. Coyote uh-huh. coming in there, and then that's a perfect opportunity to yep. fire an arrow at him, too. Get rid of some predation going yep. on. Yeah, for you know, sure. So. Yep. But, you know, if you don't really have a target buck in mind for while you're out there right then at that time and you're bored and ain't seen nothing, you know, change it up a little bit, try that. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can get a coyote or something coming yeah. in or a bobcat. And, you know, Illinois has got bobcat tags now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a perfect time and a fawn in distress, you know, that's a good call. Hey, yeah. hey, back in the day, uh, when I was meat hunting for the family, uh, I used that early in the season, uh, mm-hmm. first week, of October, you can use, I don't know that there's a wrong time to use that call fawn in, in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, if there is or not. I've, I've killed one really nice doe comes to mind. Uh, I, I probably killed more than one, but one really nice doe comes to mind that came in on that call for me uh, early in the season. I was looking to get some meat in the freezer. Oh, my God. That and, wasn't down there. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. no that was, <laughs> not that doe. This is early, not <laughs> late. Early October. Yeah, that was late season. You're oh, thinking was it? About, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. That was a monster doe. Yeah. I didn't say uh, it was the biggest kidding. doe I ever killed. I said, it was a big doe. It's getting meat in the freezer. Uh, I just give that bleat a couple times, and here she came. Is like, Where, where's my baby? And uh, mm-hmm. I showed her a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's something guys don't talk about a lot is if you're just out there looking to kill a doe, that little bleak can or that little bleak call you got, that uh, they'll come running. It was actually a can. You turned it it was mm-hmm. a primos. Their bleak can. Turn, yeah. A bleak can, you turn it upside down and make that bleat. And I'm telling you what, uh, I know I've killed more than one, but actually only one comes to mind. It was a yep. good doe. A good they'll, doe. They'll come right into it. I mean, looking for that baby. So look, look at how you growed up on that deer meat. Yeah, uh-huh. that's a that's another thing guys don't talk about is calling the does too. If you're just out there looking to kill something, put it in the freezer. That can be something you do in October too. Like right. you said, maybe you don't have that target buck, but it's a good way to have fun, even if you're not going to shoot the doe. Well, some of the first places you and I hunted together, uh, particular woods, uh, we were in there only because uh, the guy wanted us to kill does. Yeah. Now we could kill a buck if we saw one. But but he he was in there to try to thin the does out, and so we didn't mind killing does at that point. And he was right; there were there was too there many was too does many there. Does. It wasn't like he was just kill them all kind of guy. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but we hunted that property in mind that we, we're going to thin this out to his liking, and he was correct. Remember mm-hmm. when we first started deer hunting, and we picked up that property west of town, and no matter where I put a deer stand at, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Which side, end of the woods, down in the ditch, up on the mountain, wherever. There was one doe, and she would come. She was on a mission, and she would come looking for me every time. And she would find me every time. And she would stand out there just out of range and blow and snort and rip and carry on. And I'd just, we'd both just get frustrated. Fifteen minutes after we're in there, I could hear this doe snorting. Well, Jeff, she found Jeff every time. 
Yeah, I showed Man. her though. I killed one of her kids. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> never got her. Though. No, I never got her. <laughs> She's I'm, still out there blowing to this day. Well, I'm not. He's not. He's not kidding one bit. I, I don't know how many times we went that that particular season. At least the first half a dozen times she found him. Oh, I, I could have had a two hundred right inch by me, not pay a bit of attention to me, and find him. <laughs> I could have had a two hundred inch buck right beside her, and I would have shot her just because she <laughs> pissed me off so much yeah. all season. I, he's not kidding a bit. Uh, she, she just, she was uh, far smarter than any buck we ever. We yeah, ever well, I've never uh, seen that like it. No, those things are aggravating. Gosh, mm-hmm. you aggravating. get you get a big old herd doe, and man, they're smart. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll pick you out, like you said, as much as a big old buck will. picked him out in the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she got him before he ever got in the woods. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, so that's that's kind of what we had for this week. It's a little bit shorter show for you guys, but uh, hope it was good. Hope you guys picked something up. Hope you guys are enjoying these. If you are, if you aren't, whatever it is, you got ideas, questions, leave them in the comments. If you're listening on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify, Go to our Facebook page, Ridge Hunter Outdoors. Um, Instagram, I think, is at Ridge Hunter OD, as well as Twitter. You can reach us there if you got questions, comments, concerns, whatever it is. Um, get a hold of us there. You can also get a hold of us on either of the websites, RidgeHunterOutdoors.com, which we talked about earlier. Thank you, Jeff. And RidgeHunterConsulting.com. So if you guys have anything for us, that's how you find us. hope you guys are enjoying this. If you're on YouTube again, go ahead and subscribe. That way you get notified when these come out if you're on spotify just keep looking forward every week we're going to have them out every friday try to be pretty consistent on bringing these out every week even through the deer season when we get kind of busy or doing the hunting and cutting deer and all that so we'll get something out to you every week but again thanks for listening and hopefully this is this is helpful for you guys so we'll catch you next week